Hello there and welcome to the podcast. It's John Markar here and I thought I'd just jump in with a very quick but very important message that I wanted to share with you before you delve into this episode of the Driven Chat podcast. This podcast, the Driven Chat podcast, has now come to an end. But don't worry, I'm not going to stop you from listening to this episode or from catching up with the 185 episodes that we've recorded in this format. I just wanted to let you know that if you're looking for our new episodes recorded after December 2023, then you'll need to seek out our new podcast, The Driven Podcast. You can find The Driven Podcast in all the usual podcast platforms, including, chances are, the one that you're listening to this one on right now. So please do enjoy this episode, share it with a friend by all means. But when it's done, don't forget to search for the new podcast, The Driven Podcast, and subscribe to the new format to hear the new stuff. To make life easy, head on over to the Driven website via driven.site. There you will find links through to the new podcast, including links to your preferred podcast platform. And hey, whilst you're there, why not check out everything else we do, including hand-picked automotive news stories, car and bike reviews, video features, and even more. For now, though, I'll let you enjoy this episode. And I will remind you again at the end of the episode, but for the future reference, this message is approximately 1 minute and 30 seconds long. That's six clicks on the 15-second skip button. Enjoy. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, I'm Dylan Stewart and I'm a social media agency owner. I make memes, videos and things that distract people for way too long. The Driven Chat Podcast in association with Paramex Digital. You dream it, we bring it to life. Find out more at drivenchat.com. Hello there, and welcome to this week's Driven Chat podcast with myself, John Markar, and... Me, Rachel Downey. <laughs> See, like I did, I like to change me. it up every time. It's always different. It's yeah. always exciting. It's it always is. thrilling. Uh, it's always refreshing. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, John. <laughs> and this week, as you have just heard, joining us via a FaceTime link from uh, what looks like a very beautiful... Switzerland, I can see in the background. We have, as you've just heard from in the intro there, Dylan Stewart. Dylan, thank you so much for joining us on this week's podcast. Pleasure to be here. Now, Dylan, there's um, we, as a podcast, we like to put out an episode each week. We like to have a conversation with somebody who is significant in the automotive world, be that from the world of car design to motor racing drivers to PRs to you name it, we talked to them. And we decided that we wanted to have a chat with you for a number of reasons, really. There'll be a few people that may know exactly who you are because of your career. Uh, there may be some people that know exactly who you are because of a rather significant relative you have. Uh, and there may be some people at home listening who think, ah, I'm not sure I do know who Dylan is, so they'd like to learn more. If I were to say that you, perhaps not solely, but we, we've only got you on Zoom, uh, on, the, on the FaceTime link here. We can, we can promote you as much as possible. You... I think it's fair to say, had a crucial role in changing the face of Formula One in the world of social media. You kind of refreshed the way that it looked, the image that it had, and yeah. that inspired a lot of other race teams to kind of do their own thing with social media accounts. Your grandfather, on the other hand, 
also had a big impact on Formula One in the world of safety, because, of course, your grandfather is Jackie Stewart. Yes. So I think you've been quite generous there with saying significant um, <laughs> before my contribution. But uh, no, I mean, when you compare it next to his measurement uh, of success and career, I think you'd probably put him before me. But uh, I mean, when I joined Formula One back in 2017, um, it was to join as a on the social media team. Mm. And while, again, I think I like to think I did a good job, it was very much kind of the powers that be above. Sean Bratches, mainly, I would say, actually, the head of commercial for Formula One. Mm-hmm. He, he essentially gave us the keys to the kingdom with social media. And he was the one who kind of primarily said, look, you guys are young. You know what people want in this space. Go out there, give it to them, set some completely unrealistic goals and do whatever you can to achieve them. So, yeah, it, it's we had a lot of success as Formula One and thankfully teams picked up on what we were doing and now you can see even Ferrari mm. creating memes, the most protective brand in the world. And now they've brought in uh, a huge number of talent to go out and create content that doesn't typically fit into the Ferrari brands because they know the younger generations and what's going to generate traction online is all the stuff that literally distracts you from your uh, from whatever reality you're living in to just look down at your phone look at youtube look at um the latest tweet from them because that's what they people actually want to look at no one wants to look at overly corporate mm. and beautiful it has as given it's definitely beautiful content people do create typically but it just plain and simple isn't what people want to spend time looking at. Mm. So if they're given the choice, what am I going to look at? A or B, the ad that was shot with a quarter million pound budget versus a social media manager with their mobile phone at the track filming Charles Leclerc tripping over a football (laughs) and stacking it in the paddock. I can tell you instantly which one's going to get more views and impressions. Yeah. It's, yeah. Now, I actually find it really interesting when you kind of think, okay, so young guy going into a very corporate world, you must have done, you know, so much before that within social media, but you went to Duke University and I love this. You studied political science because you wanted to sit at the dinner table with something to offer. Like political science, like tell us why, is that why? <laughs> Just so you could add, I don't know, a different depth to who you are. Um, a handful of reasons why I chose politics. Uh, one, you can sit, like I said, you can sit around a dinner table and sound intelligent because mm-hmm. people really don't know that much about politics and you can throw in opinions and you can actually back them up with a bit of structure. And it's a great way to talk with young and old people, especially older people. Mm-hmm. And that's what you're pitching to as a young professional, really. Yeah. Um, and then two... I was never that great with numbers. So economics was off the table from the start. And I mean, who doesn't like a bit of debate every now and again? Like if you can, yeah. you know, sound semi-professional and you kind of know a little bit what you're talking about, it takes you a lot further than uh, most degrees, in my opinion, because when has anyone really used what they studied at university? It's a, it's a place to learn. Unless you are a doctor, lawyer, accountant, fantastic. We mm. need you guys. But... Um, 
I mean, even you guys, I'm not sure what you guys even studied. Um, I went and- to dance school, Dylan. For those who can't see, Rachel's now doing a little pirouette. Yeah, the, uh, <laughs> a little <high> kick. <laughs> but I agree with you. I think you're absolutely right. And it was the sole reason I didn't go to universities because I didn't have really a clue what I wanted to do. If I was clever enough, mm. I would have gone and been a doctor. The reality is I'm not. So therefore I didn't. So I've, um, yeah, essentially... <laughs> bummed my way around the automotive industry hoping that uh, something stuck and I think we're kind of there now yeah I was gonna say you still I don't know if I can say this next sentence so it doesn't matter <laughs> I kind of want you to say it now no. what's the sentence no because every time I say a sentence like that then we listen back we're like gonna have to cut it out because you can't say that oh well so now I'll... it's gonna be a mystery for everyone yeah I'll save it but Dylan um so you had a professor Jed Simmons um that inspired you um because he wasn't he i mean this shows you kind of what uni is like out in america um he was head of content at youtube is that right i mean absolutely that's amazing yeah i mean he was well you know in most kind of american typical college films there's always the one student has a great bond with a professor Mm. Mm -hmm. and you think when you arrive at university no one really gets that like that's a complete myth like that never happens however in my last semester at university i took this class with jed simmons and he was he was teaching at our rival university and america rivalries are big it's like watching city united um, or tottenham marcel for the tottenham fans in the room (laughs) the best fans yeah (laughs) (laughs) and um he and i got on like a house on fire he was actually a racing fan from years ago and Weirdly, um, we ended up connecting over mutual friends uh, in class. And so we had a great time and he convinced me to come over to this other university um, twice a week. So it was a half hour drive uh, or to catch a bus. So I'd go over there and I had possibly the best college experience um, possible because he taught it as a business school class, Mm. which I think most undergrads are absolutely begging for mm. because you're treated as an adult. You're asked for your opinion. There's no right or wrong as long as you've put the work in, you've given some reasoning and you take a bit of a punt on what you believe in. And he would bring in these incredible speakers who, I mean, I'll list, I mean he brought in the head of uh, content for, uh, for Netflix. So wow. the guy wow. who's in charge of the 8 billion or so budget at the time back in 2017, 20, yeah, 2017. Um, and you kind of realize that, okay, there's a whole nother world out there in the content space that I had never really seen before. Mm. And that's like, I fell in love with. Mm. So that to me made all the, uh, the dots just join up and you went, okay, if I can listen to this guy for just a fraction longer of my time, then I know I'm going to come up better. Wow. So at what point then from that experience and that time and getting that degree, did you see the vision of moving into a world of content creation for yourself on social media? Was it at that time? Did you think, right, this is it. This is the kind of avenue I want to be going down. And I'd also like to know as well, at what point did you enter that world? Um, just to kind of get a bit of a time frame on what else was happening in F1. So what's, what, was the, what was the time frame like? So it was a pretty quick time frame, to be honest, because we didn't, the purchase of um, Formula One from Liberty Media mm. uh, came in right at the end of 2016, 27, uh, beginning of 2017. So uh, I was, and I was graduating in 2017. 
So it was a very quick, all right, as soon as I finished up in the States, I was straight over to the UK mm-hmm. and um, in the door, joining the team there. So it was a, wow. a, a very, very much a, all right, this is, I know I, I, this is what I want to do. Mm-hmm. I know that this is the world that's going to explode and keep on getting bigger and bigger. So I had opportunities as well to go still in motorsports, but on a more sponsorship side, which is, again, a bit, I wouldn't call it easier, but I would have found it easier to start with, mm. given, again, my last name. I have a, I've got an inherent leg up on that space, mm. which I didn't particularly feel like I wanted to use. Um, because, again, it's, I want to build a career. I want to take a bit of a risk here and there. And mm. it's very, it's hard to defend. It's like, okay, you know, I built this on my own. Um, if it's kind of riding the coattails a little bit there. And look, I mean, it definitely benefited me having the family that I do getting into Formula One because I, I knew the world already. It yeah. was like I got to know a ton of inside knowledge before anyone would even hear about it for years because that's just the circles you end up running in. You end up having a conversation with a mechanic or a, a team manager or a, a lower series driver who starts telling you about I would not believe I, mean, I won't say anything today because <laughs> <laughs> but uh you kind of see how in my mind it was sponsorship or mm. social media and I knew that the growth the market in social media was only going to get bigger and bigger yeah because literally everyone around me and younger especially was using it mm. to the point where it was obsessive and you see like it's a very it's still a very juvenile market yeah and it's going to get more and more mature as we kind of keep moving along and people will start to figure out how to do that properly mm. and you see so many corporations now uh doing social media completely wrong because mm. you're not following their accounts and you have no desire to follow their account because why would you unless they're offering some sort of value for you mm. and for every time we're on social media your thought process is, I need a distraction. I want to be entertained. Now, it's a very broad spectrum description there, but you can be entertained in a whole number of ways. If you're learning something, but in a quick fire manner, or you love cooking, or you love um, to learn a new workout re- regime, or you want to find out what all this noise about Daniel Ricardo and is he going to go to Alpine? Is he going to stay at McLaren? And what's his opinion? What are the experts' opinions? And you want to you don't want to hear that in just a piece of text because let's be realistic you can go on bbc's website and find that out in a heartbeat yeah but yeah. you want to find out okay what's the rumor what's the gossip but tell me in this dynamic way that is going to make me think oh that's really good i'll double tap like i'll watch all the way through or i'll even share it with a friend mm. I don't, can so you remember at what point you had that kind of realization did you have before taking this on as a career did you already have that opinion of big brands doing social media badly i think that's a common yeah a common line we're all familiar with isn't it we, we look at what certain supermarkets do time and time again and or you know other big brands banks are another example we look at their social media feeds and just think oh god stop it's like your awkward <laughs> uncle you know trying his best to dance yeah. on a tiktok video it's like just yeah stop. stop can you remember that at the point that i guess at the point you were given the kind of free reign, the free creativity with the work you were doing at F1, can you remember that any of the first bits of creative that you implemented that kind of did test the water slightly? Absolutely. I think the 
one example I always use for Formula One is bringing in the first ever F1 meme mm. from the official oh, yeah. F1 page. So now you see like the meme world in Formula One is huge. It's there's a I mean there are accounts called F1 memes, oh. and they I mean they they absolutely blow up, and there's a more and more popping up every single day. But I remember saying that we should do a meme in Formula One. And the team there, another guy who should also get a lot of credit here is Sam Tremaine, who's now over at the Premier League running their social media. And so we had this discussion over what this should look like and what the right tone should be. Does it need F1 branding or does it need to be a very plain, almost quote-unquote typical meme? Mm. Anyway, we settled on putting some F1 branding on it and just making a bit of uh, text above and below in the image or the video, and it absolutely blew up. It was one of our biggest posts of the oh, year. Wow. And that's, again, it, social media rewards unique. And so if you're doing something unique that's going to make people feel entertained, then they'll pump it up even higher, especially mm. as the album at that time was really favoring that sort of content. So it was uh, that was probably the, the biggest moment, I would say, for me going, okay, like we're we've moved the milestone for Formula One. Now we've introduced memes. We can do it again. Yeah. And even another case, if you remember Fortnite, when that was mm. really blowing up big, um, we created a poster with the F1 drivers parachuting into the Monaco Grand Prix. And so again, it was our biggest post of the year at the time when we created this, and it was just in the Fortnite cast kind of cartoon style. Mm. And it was, I mean, super simple. But if you determine I mean, the cost of that graphic was next to nothing versus the number of impressions it gains, mm. the number of views it gained, the number of exposure it gave us as Formula One to a new audience. People thinking, okay, let's talk about Formula One in a new way now. Wouldn't it be great if F1 did a Fortnite um, edition or did a, a collaboration with Fortnite? And that kind of sparked a future conversations, which ended up happening with. Um, oh, it's a Rocket League. And yes, of course. Oh, wow. So, yeah. So what yeah. year? Let's put a time time stamp on that. So wh- when when was that? What sort of year was that? That would have been late 2017. Okay. Yeah. Wow. yeah. You did so much just from leaving, leaving uni. And I think what people probably either might not remember, probably do, like F1 is a very corporate world. Oh, yeah. And then... You know, I mean, I've worked for the FA. We did quite a lot of football shows for the FA, and it was a very hard nut to crack to try to convince these guys in the office, like these are our ideas, and it's it's really difficult. Like, and you're a guy that's just left uni, no concrete experience. Like, have you ever had moments? I mean, I doubt you have. Have you had moments of that, like imposter syndrome of can can we pull this off, and how can we convince these people that you know that we've got this? I think the, yes, there was probably elements of that, but unfortunately, again, I've got a great family who was super supportive of me mm-hmm. from the start, like when I was a wee boy, but it was, I realized that so many of the other people in the social media space are so unsure of themselves. Mm. And you basically, I mean, creative people, rule of thumb, are quite insecure. Mm. So if you're feeling insecure when you're doing it, you are blending right in. Um, <laughs> if you start feeling too overconfident, then I think you, you're probably missing the mark or you, you've mm. basically, or you just embrace the fact that you should feel 
nervous. You should feel unsure. Like, is this going to work? I don't know. I wonder what we should do here. Is this right? Is it wrong? And as long as you're kind of bouncing ideas off other people, because it's, mm. it's a collaborative world. The moment you put yourself into a silo, you've ruined it for yourself. Mm. And you start accepting new ideas, trying to give out new ideas, give time here and there. And suddenly you find, okay, this is how we're going to do this. This is how we're going to move forward. And can you then think of, so with that thought train in mind, you obviously would have come up with, I'm sure, hundreds, if not thousands of ideas, you and a team of people around you with uh, ideas that might be pushing the boundaries. Were there times where you got pushed back? Were there people that said, okay, that, I like the idea, but we're, we're going a bit too hard here? Absolutely. I think if they let me do absolutely everything that came to my mind, one would look a lot different today. Yeah. Oh, I wonder what that would be like. Yeah. In the mind of Dylan. That would be brilliant. Um, also, you have said that social media is the new LinkedIn. Do you, mm. do you still stand by that? Because I, I mean, I'm not that old, but I still find social media quite, uh, I don't know. I still don't feel 100% comfortable with it. Like TikTok, obviously, it's not. I don't think it's for me. I don't think that's... But, yeah, I still find social media quite... Uh, what is the word I'm looking for? Casual? No, I just feel a little bit egotistical when I, if I was to post too much, which mm. is crazy. Um, but for you, would you say that social media is literally the way forward for everything? Yeah, because in the same way we look at reality TV shows or yeah. documentaries or docuseries, there's right and wrong ways to do things. So as long as you're approaching, this is like a piece of advice anybody could take mm. for their own personal social media brands, is as long as you're entertaining people who are your viewers, followers, then you're okay. You can keep doing that. Now, there's a balance to be drawn about what actually is entertainment and what's a genuinely newsworthy update. Um, mm. So for my team, my, uh, my, my agency, I always encourage them once per month to create a piece of content that makes them slightly uncomfortable. Now they can do their own company time and they can post it or not to their own social media feeds, but I do encourage them to do it because one, you're supposed to feel uncomfortable on social media. It's not supposed to be, okay, post this picture of myself. I look great. Um, I'm, don't treat it as a dating profile, treat it as an entertainment platform and as long as you can genuinely, genuinely say you think that you're entertaining people with this content, then you just have to double down on it and say, okay, I got to budget a certain amount of time per month just to make something or think in a different way yeah. and express yourself because otherwise everything becomes the same on your feed or everyone, your followers' feeds. They're seeing a bunch of people posting about themselves feeling secure and correct. It's like, okay, mm -hmm. One, that's got a ton of negative impacts on people's mental health. And two, you're not really creating any value for yourself or for others. Mm. You're yeah. just showing, look at a picture of me. And I think when we look back on our, all of our social media feeds in years to come, we're going to ask those questions like, okay, wh why was I posting that? Mm. What, what, what was the point of that? Yeah. Versus if you kind of take, adopt the thought process of, let me do something that's going to make my felt, myself feel uncomfortable then you can actually make something that's offering values to someone else and you're showing, telling a story about whatever's happening in your life. Mm. Uh, or you're showing off something, you've got some amazing videos on your phone, you say, 
you know what, there's a great TikTok sound out there. I want to use that with this video and just post with a bit of text on screen and show, you know what, this past month, I'm really grateful to where I've been, to who I've talked to, and I'm in a great place in my life right now. You, okay, now you're suddenly seeing some creative content come out. And yeah. even if it's just for your friends, just if you're a private account, they, they'll see that and go, that's actually a nice update in your life. And you've put some creative time into it. Yeah. Um, so that's off the top of my head. That's what I would, uh, yeah, how I see that world. What about from a, a business or a brand's point of view? Because I think that's a great insight and really I share the sentiment entirely of, you know, I'm not a fan of selfies, for example. There's very few. Oh, I'm not actually. Very few selfies of myself or my social feeds. Yeah. Um, and I like the idea that, yeah, something I, I create is going to be entertaining or perhaps funny for at least one person watching, I hope. Um, <laughs> from a business point of view, and I know that we do have an awful lot of listeners who run their own businesses, who perhaps are trying to set up and trying to push their own social media profiles. But it is harder as a business, isn't it? It's harder as a brand. And I guess it depends on what you're doing. If you're a company that makes really exciting things, then perhaps it might be slightly easier because you can just show off your products. But if you are just ticking along as a, a kind of everyday consumer company, what would your advice and tips be for those guys? Is it important to use the platform as the brand or is it easier or better to go across with a individual or a personality to represent your brand? So it's a hybrid there. One, the most important thing I found if you are a brand on social media is to create some sort of tone of voice behind it. So the quote unquote, the admin, um, that person, that voice that you've created as a brand can be super serious. It can be really funny. It can be a bit ditzy. It can be, take your pick of whatever kind of of the seven dwarfs you want really. Mm. And then start thinking about how your brand could create value to someone potentially following you. So you've got either a, let's call it, you've got a paint brand. All right. It's, there's not much you think you can really do with a paint brand because paint there's only one color to it it's not multi-colors in the mm. paint mm. but you start to kind of brainstorm around okay let's show how paint's actually made and you start looking at this little, little process of it if they're just white you start to include different shades within the white to create a slightly different tint and then it's um you know what pouring the paint into a um, palette and that oddly satisfying uh video of the paint just kind of ah like getting emptied out into there you think oh that feels good or um showing that paint being applied to the wall in a kind of a creative way so if you have a you know the tiktok voice the voice to text sort of thing when it shows the different processes of how do i design a my new living room and you say look try just starting off with a new coat of paint mm. and show those little clips throughout the whole step uh, the process and you now have a video that someone goes okay th that makes sense to me mm -hmm. i get it i'm entertained i'm informed yeah. i now feel one step closer to buying this product so yes it takes time to film all those things but that's marketing budget mm -hmm. and you can often I mean you can find someone who's young enthusiastic and you give them a bit of direction and they're working for you and your company and you say, great, all right, if it, even if it is one of the painters, there's no reason why they couldn't do it. It's not, I will never pretend that I am a highly skilled worker. Mm -hmm. I think I've got a little bit of insight, but 
social media is really straightforward. Mm. As long as you know how to entertain someone, uh, the tools out there for video editing is so simple now. Yeah. You don't need this great big setup. You can do almost everything from your phone. Yeah. So it's uh, to any commercial brand that is looking at expanding into social media, look at your competitors and who's doing a good job and who you want to be more like, and then write down the step-by-step processes of, okay, how do I get to that level? And then once you get closer to that level, you'll start going, I can do it better than them. Mm-hmm. Or I don't like what they did here, here, and here. So I'm going to do it slightly differently instead. And it's a very quick feedback system. Mm. If you put something out and it works, you'll see the numbers bumping up. It, if it doesn't work, you'll see them dropping down pretty quickly on average. Yeah. And if people start coming over from social media into your uh, into your company website trying to buy your products or inquire about them or recommend it to a friend, you'll suddenly go, okay, well, you're making money from this. It's not just a quote-unquote marketing budget. It's an, a sales funnel that yeah. you've created for yourself. Yeah, yeah. The Driven Chat Podcast in association with Paramex Digital. So you were obviously doing very well at Formula One, um, creating your own mark there. It's comfortable. You decided to jump ship and start up your own agency. First of all, why? Do you, did you feel like you took, you know, working at Formula One as far as you could or you wanted to change? Why did you decide to start up on your own? Um, the main reason, to be honest, were I've been thinking about it for a little while. Mm. And then an opportunity uh, towards the end of the, what was it last year? Uh, towards the end of the season last year, I started to have a few people, more people knocking on my door asking if I could help them with their own social media. And one, would I want to come work full time? Or two, did I have a company that we could do this all through? And I think the latter was obviously the way I went. <laughs> and it's a, while there's always more to do with Formula One. The speed it's growing at still, I think when I joined, again, the, the numbers were, were not really there at all. You wouldn't think um, Formula One should have the number of Instagram followers, the number of uh, Twitter followers that it should. And I mean, today it's a proper powerhouse in the in the sporting world and still growing incredibly fast. But... Um, if you've been at a company for a number of years, uh, as I was there for five seasons, then you decide, okay, where am I going to keep on taking this? What's yeah. the next project? And for some people, they're very happy kind of keeping the structure in place and they enjoy it. But yes, it's good hard work, but there wasn't as much variety in challenges as I would like to uh, explore mm. because Again, my brain is a very, it's a social media brain. So I have uh, a very short attention span in terms of, all right, if it's not engaging me, why are we doing this? Mm-hmm. Um, if it's engaging someone else, great. This is your project now. You run with it. You lead it. You see the upside on that. That's, you get full credit for it. Um, and that, to me, works really well when you're in a team. Uh, and again, the team back at Formula One was fantastic. It's, again, still one of the most, uh, impressive creative teams between the designers, the uh, video editors, the producers, and everyone else who was feeding in from all angles. It was a very, very slick operation. Mm. And I think anyone who can pick up the people who were 
at Formula One at that time has done a very good job because they got to see how to grow a brand the size of Formula One in such a short space of time online, which, again, if we look at the growth ratio of a sport like Formula One. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. It's way ahead of everything else. Yeah. Like the, if the NFL... Had, or the Premier League had the same growth numbers as Formula, as Formula One did, they would be, I mean, uh, they'd be singing and dancing in the streets every day. Mm. But because Formula One started from a little way back and, mm. you know, it's, Formula One has to be understated because it's professional and corporate for a lot of this, um, we'll sing and dance in private, but then, you know, on the, uh, the track, it's, you know, you're there representing uh, the brand Formula One and you have to be neutral between all 10 teams mm. you can't give one favor over the, over the other and we were definitely accused by drivers and teams of being against them at times and it was a tough line to draw because you wanted to reflect what happens and so one uh, example would be showing a driver crashing in the same spots from one year to the next mm. whereas we saw that as this is a coincidence oh what well, a chance of that and we knowing it's going to do well on social media the team would reach out to us and say, please take this down. Um, you're attacking the driver because um, and showing that they're crashing over and over again on at this corner. They feel like you're taking a proper dig at them. Oh, wow. And, yeah, because it's – you're also – you're putting the stuff up on the back of the race mm. weekend. So it's the heat of the moment for yeah. them. They're going, you've got to be kidding me. Now I had a little accident today – I'm one of the best drivers in the world and you're critiquing me for making one little mistake and trying to point that out to the world. Mm. I totally get their perspective. And so, you know, it's a small hill to die on. So we would just take it down. Yeah. How much of the that, that sort of reaction uh, or certainly the upset from a team would come from the reaction of the followers? Because I'd imagine you could probably share that example of car crashes in same location year after year. You don't have to write in capital letters, oh, look, he's done it again, but you could just show the comparative footage. But what might just happen, as I would expect, is that people in the comments section mm. might create their own narrative. And if a kind of, if one comment does particularly well and goes up to the top, then that really might control the narrative. Did you ever find you were having to take things down that were posted with absolute innocence, but mainly because of the reaction from the followers? No, we would never take something down if we could justify it. Okay. So that's kind of where you draw the editorial line. If you're 
if you st- if, if fans are stirring things up in the comments, like um, and they're and they're not being racist and they're not and it's not right. hate speech, mm. that of course gets taken down. And done. Sure. Yeah. Um, but uh, as long as it's defensible, they have their everyone can have their point of view. Mm. Like social media is supposed to be a place of discussion. It's not supposed to be we're telling you this and you have to do that. And this is what you should think. Then you're in a, a very dangerous place because mm. you people feel suppressed if you start putting their comments down or taking down content that they want to look at um, and they want to react to. So I think that's why you have to have that kind of mindset already going into mm. um, managing these kinds of accounts. Yeah. You can't do it on the fly because you're then if you're not consistent as well, then you've you've made it a very dangerous you've opened yourself to a lot of criticism as well yeah especially on twitter that's awful i hate twitter yeah well i find it quite nasty interesting that you bring that up because i was that was one of the questions i was going to ask now i I appreciate this is a question that may age terribly because of course (laughs) once the podcast is out it's out forever and we will i'm sure have people listening to us in 2071 if you're there hello i'm long dead but (laughs) Right now, in the uh, the summer of 2022, different platforms are generating a massive amount of controversy over some changing for the better, some changing mm. for the worse, some are kind of stagnating. I know that certainly a good few years ago when I was focused very much in a PR job, um, people were kind of dismissive of Twitter. And we're only talking five or six years ago. People saying, look, don't even bother with Twitter anymore. And I still hear it to this day people starting up their own brand or starting up their own profiles and saying, we're not going to bother with Twitter because it's kind of a dying breed. Then on the opposite side, the flip side, all the excitement in the past few years has been on Instagram, as far as I've seen from my perspective. But in the past few months, we've seen Instagram implicating new changes, perhaps trying to copy the TikTok algorithm of let's create short videos that people can swipe through and end up doom scrolling through. And it's caused such a stir from people saying, no, 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 bring back the old platform. We want to share our photos. And then on the flip side, the creatives going, no, no, this is good for us. You know, this is this is the stuff we want. But it's created such a storm that we've had quite visibly now the big boss at Instagram posting daily videos, almost kind of justifying what's going on and why they're changing it. From your professional point of view, are there platforms that you think are absolutely doing it really well that make content creation great for growing accounts, growing brands or growing personal feeds? And do you think there are some accounts that perhaps could be doing better or some platforms, I should say? I was say, don't say accounts. It'll be yeah. like, well. <laughs> <laughs> Mine. <laughs> um, the, yeah, so if you, well, quick run through the different platforms. Um, Twitter, what people have been saying for a long time, it's dead, don't mm. bother doing anything there. And in some cases, they're right for okay. certain brands. It's great for news, opinions, and yeah, different takes on, on life or whatever's happening in the world. If you're a corporate brand on Twitter, you better have a really, really big hook for why someone should be following you or, and the t- or you say, Let, let's create a great tone of voice where we're actually going to throw out opinions. Mm. We're going to be dynamic. We're going to be engaging with the world. And unfortunately, that comes with a, a bigger budget as well. Yeah. So if you're not going to put the budget behind it, just stay off it. There's no one's going to critique you for not being on Twitter. Okay. Um, then as to all the changes on Instagram, there are, it's a bit of a mixed reaction as you've probably seen or everyone will know. Um, <laughs> and the difference, the thing about there is we were all kind of getting a little bit 
bored at times. I found a lot of creators were getting a bit bored of Instagram at times. And that happens, again, just over long exposure to these sorts of platforms. If there's not change and development in there, then you will start to see the numbers drop down. You will start to see people, you know what? I've had enough of Instagram. Like I've used it all the time. I looked at my phone the other day and it said I used, I don't know, how many hours on Instagram per day. And you're going to have someone who will look at that number and go, this is horrible. Mm. I'm losing hours of my life, days, weeks, months of my life on Instagram. So that's it. I'm just deleting it. I'm off the radar now. Mm. Um, so if they, the platform then changes and develops, that apathy and fatigue um, level drops. Mm. And you start, okay, this is new. Oh, this is interesting. Right. And again, there'll be many more iterations of the Instagram platform. So the one that's done an unbelievable job lately is uh, YouTube. So YouTube already has the long-form content that we're familiar with, mm. but YouTube Shorts is a, an, a, is a platform within the YouTube app that is absolutely killing it. Like they're seeing TikTok, they're seeing growth levels higher than TikTok, I believe. Wow. And I have no idea. Yeah. Yeah. So have a look at that if you're curious about um, the next iteration of social media on other platforms. It's They've completely mimicked the TikTok model. Yeah. It's gone short-form content, all vertical. Along the side, you've got a like button, a dislike, uh, a comment, and whatever else you need. But um, they're also a step ahead of TikTok, and you can actually make money from YouTube. Yes. Whereas if you're, make, if, you, if you're on TikTok creating content that's getting millions and millions of views you're still only going to be getting like it's quite like 20 bucks for a million views. Yeah. And you think oh, 40 wow. bucks if you're lucky. I mean, that's a joke. Yeah. That's a lot of eyeballs, a lot of people you've entertained. Mm. That's really the reward. Why are you there? And I think people are holding on to TikTok for the thought of, okay, if we keep on growing our audience there and maybe eventually um, I'm going to get uh, some brand deals which will actually pay a lot more than the mm. measly 40 pounds for a million views. Mm. They'll actually pay the decent cash that can you know, fund a lifestyle, fund content, fund production, whatever you need it to, um, to fund. Whereas YouTube, you're actually making good money. You're, if you're a content creator, YouTube is the home for you. Yeah, interesting. And what about Facebook and this new found exciting thing called the metaverse? Do you think this is something that we should all be gearing up for, getting ready for? I think if you've got a cool idea of how someone can interact with the world um, online that they couldn't do in the physical world, then you need to jump on that right now and find someone who can actually help you build this sort of project. Mm. If you're just the creative vision or the funding for it, um, great, because everyone needs that as well. It's just mm. not, it's not just as valuable as the person who can physically build it. Um, but it's very high up there if it's a good idea. So you want to be able to take people into the metaverse and say that it's not an alternative, um, to reality. It's a completely different world to reality. It's an augmented reality where, um, you could be doing something in a, I mean, let's pick a, a boxing match. And you can say, I want to be in the ring with Anthony Joshua and Vladimir Klitschko um, going head to head, giving each other 
uh, absolute hell and I want to feel like I'm the referee. Mm. And so you're stepping into the ring and you're going, oh my God, this feels immersive. Yeah. And with the rate of growth that we're seeing gaming and technology grow at, that will be very, very possible um, in like let me call it another five years yeah to actually get the stuff properly built all the tech to be able mm. to render everybody in live time um yeah that sort of thing is yeah i mean it's very plausible um as for facebook look facebook generates a lot of money through ads people do click an ads on facebook and buy products mm-hmm. that's where its core value is um, and in a lot of third world countries or just not western countries mm. facebook is still huge so if you're a global brand, make sure you're on there because you can't ignore that audience. No. Yeah, it's interesting. I can't stand Facebook. It's no, just I... because I don't care what someone did that I went to school with, like I haven't seen for about <laughs> 20 odd years. Um, tell us about your agency then, uh, Social Steering. Sure, yeah. So, again, it's still, I would call it a very small agency as it stands, but, you know, we all have grand ambitions. And it's, our primary focus is motorsports. Mm. We create content for a number of teams, drivers, racing series, managing their accounts, simply advising. It's kind of a, there's no one size fits all in social media. And what we do is we kind of help those people around us who need helping hands look at how you actually take what their existing structure is and move it into something that's one feasible because in a, within a budget, because again, who the heck really wants to spend an extra couple grand a month or a year on things that are sometimes quite intangible. Mm. And so we then create content. We give you silly little ideas and we tell you, okay, go film this. You'll feel like a complete idiot (laughs) while you're making this. And we'll write like step-by-step instructions and tell them, okay, once you've done that, upload this back to this link and we'll send you what it actually looks like in the end. And Again, the number of times that we've had people going, I'm not going to do this, I'm not going to do this. And we have to just push, push, push. Eventually, it comes through in the end and they see the final output and they go, that's hilarious. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so funny. And you're like, yeah, yes, you are. You do what we tell you to do. Um, And so it's a a very simple world. Mm. We've got a team based in the UK, um, in Notting Hill, who all have this same mindset that I have that we don't want to watch anything for longer than we have to. Mm. And anything can be entertaining. You just have to put the right spin on it. Mm. So, um, yeah, that's uh, in a nutshell, our little company and, uh, it's growing quickly, thankfully. And yeah, I think by the end of the year, we'll have a, hopefully an even bigger team. That's great. And I have to ask, obviously bearing in mind, the family history you you raised in fact you've said a couple of things that have kind of um paired in quite nicely which was that going to university to study the degree that you did in order to kind of enable good conversation at dinner parties the ability to walk into a room and have something to bring to the table more than just a cheap bottle of wine but a you know <laughs> a story to tell an opinion to share and one that's going to be respected there must have been times where people expected with your grandfather being Jackie Stewart 
Formula One racing driver and still a, a much loved driver today at events like Goodwood Revival and the Goodwood Festival of Speed. Um, there must have been times where you thought, oh, maybe motorsport might be an angle I could go down. Did there, Before I jump into my next question on which is relevant to all of this, did that ever crop up? Did you ever think that perhaps you should be following in your grandfather's footsteps? Well, I think my mum and dad were pretty sensible when I was a wee boy. And my mum always wanted four boys. And, you know, you can't be unfair towards one, uh, to the other three and fund a racing career for one and not the others. So I think they probably had that little dollar sign in their head going, oh, my God, if we let them be racing drivers, <laughs> that's it. <laughs> yeah. We're selling the house, we're on the streets, we're... So I think that was, I mean, legitimately, like a, yes, um, a big consideration because it's so expensive to yeah. race. Mm. And for so many drivers, they also, because my dad raced as well. And um, before he started the, the Formula One team, mm. uh, he knew a ton of drivers who were insanely talented, more talented than he was, who didn't get as far as he did or got ahead of him, but then never really cracked it and mm. you're constantly running against your, yourself and if you don't ever progress to the level where you're considered a quote-unquote success mm. you're a failed racing driver in a lot of ways like you haven't got sure. the education to fall yeah. back on and it's a risk I and mean, hats off to anyone who takes that risk because i didn't take that risk mm. um, i love going out casting and racing and having a great time but there's so many people who make a lot of money around sport formula one mm. and road racing in general that if you're looking to really build a career and be able to kind of have afford the luxuries in life that motorsports can offer if you're taking a punt you're going look let me go study for a little while longer let me figure out how to make money out of this this world because if you if you look at max and lewis are the two highest paid drivers and there's only two of them. And that's considered and then some of the highest paid athletes in the world. Mm. And if you're going, well, that's the success everyone dreams of. That's the holy grail. And there's only two of them. Yeah. Yeah. You think, okay, that yeah, that the odds are not in your favor. No. Mm. It pays no. back almost in a way, doesn't it, about that content creation side of your own personal feeds. It's having that confidence level of, I'm going to go out and be the yeah, best yeah. in the world versus, oh, actually, am I good enough for this? It's it's comparative, isn't it, in a way? It's You kind of, you can see how both fit in. Um, obviously, there must have been some, some whispers in the ear as well as a youngster, if thinking, if there were was a time where you were thinking about going into motorsport, of course, with your grandfather being such a pioneer for safety, that must have also been a huge thing yeah, for him, obviously, having brought in so many um, changes, which effectively saved so many lives of his friends and his, his colleagues and comrades at that time. Um, that also must have been playing at the back of the family's mind as well. Of It's, it's not the safest sport in the world, you know. Oh, no, no yeah, it's... Again, but in comparison to what it used to be, my grandfather's day, I mean, you, you think you'd feel like you'd put the safest place in the world being inside <laughs> a Formula One car. I think it's a different story when you start putting your right foot down, mm -hmm. but it's those things are built by the smartest people in the world who aren't even doing it for the money. They're doing it for the love of the sport. Yeah. They love cars. They love engineering. And there is no better place in the world. It, it beats out SpaceX. It beats NASA. There's, there's nothing you could say to one of these guys 
uh, unless you're going to say you uh, who build the Formula One cars. Who, if okay, if you come work for us in NASA, we'll be working on rocket ships. And saying, like, no, like mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm building a rocket ship that goes around the circuit uh, 23 times over the year in 23 different countries, and you're yeah, it really is the pinnacle of engineering and motorsports. But um, as for the safety element, I mean, my grandfather, he, so we actually, we, this past, uh, well, a couple months ago, we, we, my grandfather hosted an event in Scotland and it was all in aid of Race Against Dementia, his foundation, yeah. which um, is to kind of take the Formula One mindset and try and apply that to dementia research and bring in the best talent like in finding a new innovative ways, collaborating and using what we know from Formula One um, procedure-wise to apply to this dementia research. And while we were up there, we went to Jim Clark's grave and that was one of his best friends. Yeah. So again, every time he goes up to that part of the country, uh, he'll always go visit Jim's grave because... I mean, that was, I mean, you're losing people that are closer than colleagues. They're people you're risking your life with regularly. You'd put it almost on par with soldiers and, Mm. I mean, people you know that um, are putting the same on the line as you are. Yeah. And his mindset when Jim died was, if this can happen to Jim, then it can happen to me or anyone because he was the best Mm. like the absolute best of all time at that time and there was no question about it no one thought oh well you know this other driver was pretty good and quick too it was i know this uh wee lad from scotland was the fastest person in the world and the quick and the safest person in the world um and it happened to him so something needs to be leveled up in the sport Mm. and so that's where he went on a mission for most of his career and afterwards pushing for all these changes. And I mean, he'll tell you stories of him getting uh, covered in oil uh, at a racetrack. And uh, I think it was in Belgium. And yeah, of course, if you're covered in oil, you're pretty flammable after that. <laughs> so he immediately started trying to strip off and take his overalls off because they were soaked. And this had happened right next to a, um, a nunnery or it's a, a church where these nuns were. Oh, wow. And of course, they see this little Scottish fellow um, stripping off uh, right in front of them and they're obviously trying to put his clothes back on and he's like, get off me, leave me alone. Um, and so, yeah, yeah, if you're looking at today versus then, I mean, cart- mm. as I said, karting is incredibly dangerous. Mm. It's, it's open cockpit, you've got a helmet on, which is great, but you see a whole number of casting accidents, broken bones, yeah. uh, broken necks, backs, uh, and the, it's a, these kids are, I mean, age nine, flying around corners at 90 kilometers an hour, yeah. um, only, I mean, a centimeter off the ground. I mean, they're absolutely nuts, and they're passionate as hell about yeah. their sport. They don't, as a driver, you can't think about the consequences of if this goes wrong, that's what happens to me. It's no, no, no. If I keep my foot in a little longer going around this uh, corner, I'm going to gain a, mm. a tenth of a second or two tenths yeah. of a second. Yeah. And that's going to put me from P5 to P1. Mm. So um, 
But if you can compare the cars today, so back to the cars today, you see all these crashes happening lately with, with the halo doing its magic yeah. mm-hmm. um, yeah. and the survival cells of these cars holding up as well as they do. You just go, I think Formula One's question is the question mark of uh, the most dangerous sport in the world becomes more in question because you see how impressive these cars are and how far they've come and you think, Oh, it can't be that thing. They always no. survive now. Yeah, that's right. It's it's true. Like, <laughs> yes, they do survive, but only because every single possible iteration of what could go wrong is calculated beforehand. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We're still seeing it. Uh, there was a remarkable statistic, and I, I'll try not to quote it too close because in, I'll, I'll no doubt get it wrong, but a statistic that there have been far more injuries and deaths from playing football in professional league football in the past 10 years than there have been in elite level motorsport and it just you know when you hear a statistic like oh, that wow. and you think That's... about driving cars you know filled with fuel yeah. at high speeds over 200 miles an hour versus kicking a ball around a patch of grass you think one should be far more dangerous than the other and yet the uh, the injuries are, and deaths sadly are mm. outweighing the numbers in uh, from football to motorsport you did mention briefly um your grandfather's charity organization there race against dementia i think it's only very fair before we wrap up to give that a good plug because it is a fantastic cause mm. um and i think they almost all of us i'm sure once you get to a certain age in life unfortunately everyone can can recall a a first-hand account with dementia be that with a, a relative or a close friend um so yeah why don't you in, in your own words just give us a, a bit of an overview of of what that organization is and and the, the story behind it of course. Well, it first started when my grandmother was diagnosed with dementia. Mm-hmm. And so this was a woman who was traveling around the world. I mean, she was on front covers of magazines and uh, she was considered one of the most beautiful women in the world. Mm-hmm. And you went from that to someone who today is unable to remember where she was a couple of minutes ago or what country she was in or, um, wait, who are you? to one of our grandchildren, uh, her grandchildren. And it's sad because you saw her living life to the absolute full. And my grandfather is, again, probably one of the most impressive people um, uh, in the world for this because he's completely stuck by her side and is doing whatever he can to support her and to try and find a cure. And he wants to try and find it in her lifetime. Mm-hmm. Now, that's the goal. Whether it will happen or not depends on how much funding you can get for this kind of yeah. um, endeavor. And it's about making people realize today, like your age, my age, younger, that I think the, the number is one in five people um, alive today will die with dementia. Wow. So it's a really <laughs> prevalent issue. And it's obviously not one that you want to pick up yourself. And when you look at someone like my grandmother who, or others with dementia, who've lived an absolute rock and roll lifestyle, but also fit as a fiddle and constantly being healthy uh, in saying to yourself, well, what did they do wrong Mm. to end up like this? Mm. And there's no, there's no answer because we don't know what causes dementia. Um, So it's about trying to figure out, okay, you know what? How do you convey that message to people in a way that makes them go, this is probably something we should figure out because even though we aren't going to get it for decades and decades, it's going to be there eventually. Well, 
quite likely in someone we uh, or someone close we know will have it yeah and you'll wish i i wouldn't do anything anything in the world yeah. to stop this from happening um and that starts today or yesterday rather than in another 20 30 years time when it's a little closer to your um on your mind yeah yeah so the organization itself the charity it's it's fundraising isn't it effectively to try and help boost that research boost that speed up that um conclusion as you say i mean it's it would be wonderful to think that within the next few years we can find a cure or find the cause or at least take a big step um but without the donations coming in that's always going to be tricky so what we'll do included in the bio to this podcast wherever you're listening be that on apple or spotify or amazon uh, you'll be able to see below there'll be a link that will take you through to the charity we can find out a bit more and if you feel so inclined uh, to donate a few pounds that would be uh, hugely appreciated i'm sure by the family oh we would all appreciate that thank you yeah you're very welcome well dylan this has been fascinating conversation it's great to unpick this mystical world of social media that for so many of us it's still just a big guessing game um still so scary yeah would you ever say that it ever stops becoming a guessing game or is it just a case of just going with what works there's there's always someone more creative and innovative than you yeah and it's 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 a it's a kind of revolving door because the moment someone steps out, a new person steps in and then they're looking around at what someone used to do way back when and taking old video cameras. Or there was a trend a little while ago about using Polaroid cameras. And oh, yeah. I love that yes. trend. Yeah. <laughs> I went yes. and got a camera and everything. <laughs> there you go. It's, it's always about finding, okay, what's unique at the minute mm-hmm. and what's different. Unique is very difficult to come across because the moment something's been a trend for about a week or so you're kind of like all right well i've seen that video already or i've seen that style that i've heard it with that audio yeah so you're always going all right what's what's next what can i keep on doing and honestly the best thing to do is just go ask someone what should i do what's mm-hmm. what would be good what would be interesting look at your peers and see you know what this was great mm. um and just try and replicate that it'll be a bit of homework but i promise it's worth it in the end even if it doesn't do well numbers wise you've gone that was actually quite it's an art it's like arts and crafts digital arts and crafts yeah Good. <laughs> brilliant so what we're taking away from this dear listener is go get creative uh-huh. uh put yourself in a position that makes you feel quite uncomfortable uh-huh. post it for the world to see you never know it might just take off there you go. <laughs> Brilliant job. Dylan, thank you so much for your time today. It's been mm-hmm. fascinating talking to you. I hope that we cross paths again at some point in the future. And um, yes, thank you, dear listener, for tuning in and enjoying. If you have any feedback for this particular show, if you'd like to get in contact with your stories, with your questions, anything else that we can follow up on, don't forget you can get in contact with the show podcast at drivenchat.com and find us across all social media platforms, how fitting, at Driven Chat as well. Hey, and on YouTube. Maybe I need to bump up the uh, YouTube shorts thing, though. I think we yes, should, do that. Uh, I think we should we crack that. on with that. That's our on afternoon's it. job for today. <laughs> uh, perfect. Rachel, thank you so much. Thank you very much. Dylan, it's been thank a pleasure. you so much pleasure and dear listener thank you so much we shall look forward to speaking to you again for another episode next week the driven chat podcast in association with paramex digital you dream it we bring it to life find out more at drivenchat.com 
mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Oh, wow. You've made it to the end. The very end. And it's John Markar here again, reminding you that this podcast, the Driven Chat podcast, has now run its course and has come to an end. To find the new format, search the Driven podcast in your preferred podcast app or head on over to the website driven.site to find some quick and easy links through to the new episodes in the new formats on your preferred apps. Thanks. Bye.